is credible. As we always say that it is credible, it is absolute. Amen. Amen. Because if you don't believe the word of God, then you've got no ground to stand on. It is only the word of God that is solid ground, that is firm ground, because life happens. And when life happens, you need to find firm ground on which you are able to stand and you are able to, 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 to live your life, to enjoy life, to move on with life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I just want to welcome those who are here with us for the first time. We are grace through faith. We love God and we love people. Amen. Amen. And uh, we are a community of grace and love because it's all about the love of God. Yes. But uh, we are a people that have got a vision. We are going somewhere. Yes. And so it's not like we have just church and then we hope for another service again next Sunday and we are kind of hoping from pillar to post. No, we are moving in, the dire in a particular direction and we are going somewhere. And if you join onto the train, it will take you somewhere good. Amen. Amen. Somewhere glorious. And so our vision is to reveal the simplicity and the power of the gospel truth for our daily use. We keep on reminding ourselves because what we are getting here is not theory. It's not something that we just say, well, it's one of the things that we believe in our church. No, it is the life. Such that when you leave this place, you are able to apply the word of God. In fact, before you leave this place, you need to be able to apply the word of God. And so we want it to be so simple because it is simple. Even the unlearned, the uneducated will be able to get it. Even those who don't believe the word of God, they don't believe in God, at least they will say, ah, you guys, uh, you know what you believe. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And that's how it is. And our key scripture today <coughs> is 3 John chapter 1, verse 2, because we are, it's a healing service, but uh, we, we continue with the word of God. It says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in good health just as your soul prospers. That's a glorious promise. And now this is the will of God because prosperity in all things is God's will for your life. God's will for your life is not poverty. God's will for your life is not sickness. God's will for your life is not pain. God's will for your life is not all these other things that we're experiencing in this life. God's will for your life is prosperity in all things. It is your God's will for you. It is God's will for me. It is also important to know that good health is connected to the prosperity of a soul. Amen. Because it says, be in good health just as your soul prospers. In the same way that your mind is prospering, your body is also prospering. But many people, we, we, we want to keep thinking the way we think, but we want the body to be prospering. The, the physical healing does not happen because unless the mind is healed or the mind has changed the way it thinks, the body will still remain. Because the body takes signals from the mind. Yeah. The body responds to what the mind is thinking and what the mind is saying. So as long as our minds have not changed, then our healing will not manifest. Mm -hmm. But the mind has got to change. And when the mind has changed, then the mind will tell the body, hey body, you are healed. Amen. And it will receive healing. And they say, oh, you, you, your body, it is well with my soul. Yeah. And then you will have peace because the mind is the key thing. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 23 verse 7, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. 
You are not what you believe. You are what you think. Did you know that? Because if you are what you believe, then everything will be okay. Because we all believe Jesus. We love God. We love this. We love that. But how come we believe one thing and we do another thing? It is because the mind is the key. Renewing of the mind. So we come to church not to mark the register. No. We come to church to be renewed in our minds. Yeah. To be renewed. It's almost like layer upon layer. It's like we are opening an onion. You see, you have to remove one layer. And you remove one layer. One Sunday, you remove one layer. You remove one layer. You remove one layer. And as you remove these layers, guess what? Your healing is coming. Your prosperity is coming. Your understanding is coming. Your breakthrough is coming in the name of Jesus. That's why it's important not to miss church. That's why it's important to read the word of God every day. That's why it's important to always stay too close to God. Why? Because we want the mind to be renewed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. But, but somebody will say, okay, what happens? Because life happens all the time. Things happen. I don't know about you, but in my life, things happen. And, and some things just say, but Lord, what's going on? Some things I never planned for, they start happening. Some things I never expected. Some I never even imagined, they start happening in my life. And I begin to say, am I dreaming? You know, you start scratching your head, you know, and, and rubbing your eyes to see, is this true, is it not true? And a lot of things will happen. And some of the things that I can show you here are loss. Suddenly you lose, you lose something. And some of you get even upset when you lose just a mobile phone. You get so, you know, but some people are losing lives. Some people are losing their future. Some people are losing their dreams. Some people are, are denied. You know, they are robbed, they are abused, and they are taken advantage of. And you just feel like, so, what's my next step? What am I going to do? You feel so ashamed. Sometimes you feel defeated. Am I talking to somebody here? You just feel defeated. You wake up one morning and you think everything is okay. And by nine o'clock, you are down on the ground and you're just saying, but Lord, what am I going to do? It could be sickness, it could be pain, it could be suffering, it could be rejection. Or neglect, some people neglect you. You trust in them, you love them, you've done so much for them. But suddenly one day they just say, I don't know you. What do you do? You raise them, probably you raise them. Or when they were financially stressed, you actually sacrifice your money to help them. And now everything is okay with them. They don't even think about you. <laughs> what do you do? Life happens. It could be economic hardships. You know, these days you can be retrenched or your company shuts down and, and you just feel like, hey, so what is going to happen? And these things happen whether you are a Christian or you are not a Christian. Whether you know God or you don't know God. Because life happens to everybody. There are no selects that will not be touched. No, it will touch us all. Yeah. The difference is not that God will make you avoid things. Yes, you will avoid a lot of things. You are in Christ Jesus, but some will eventually come because we are in a fallen world. But what hap the difference is how you respond to these things. Yeah. How you respond and relate with these things, that is very important. That's why today we are saying healing and restoration is here. Hallelujah. Healing and restoration is here for you today in the name of Jesus. You will be restored in any of these things and many other things that are not mentioned here because Jesus cares for you. 
Jesus cares for us. He's a loving God. He died for us. And, and it's amazing that Galatians chapter 1 verse 4, it tells us that Jesus gave himself for our sins. That we might, we might be, he might deliver us from this present evil. You see, Christianity is not about good life when you go to heaven. Christianity is about good life starting now, today, in Jesus' name. And you need to believe it. Because, you know, the devil will come and say, hey, you know, you're a child of God, you know. When you go to heaven, you know, everything will be okay. But now you just need to suffer a little bit. No. The devil is a liar. Good life is for now. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And you should expect good life now. And the more you expect the good life, the more it comes your way. But our expectation is not because we are any special, but it's because we are in Christ Jesus. We are in Christ Jesus. Amen. So, God wants to deliver us in this present evil age. Hallelujah. God wants you to be economically free. He wants you to be financially free. He wants you to be relationally free. He wants you to be physically healed in Jesus' name. Amen. As a matter of fact, I can challenge you. We are talking about healing here. You know, some Christians, they, they believe in the God who heals. Praise God. He's Jehovah Jireh. The Lord who provides. The Lord who heals. The Lord our righteousness. The Lord our everything. But I want us as a church to move to another level. Amen. We do not only believe in God who heals. We need to believe in divine health. Amen. That you don't even get sick. Yeah. But many, many believers don't think so. So I, say, ah, I don't care when this flu comes, I know the Lord is going to heal me. No, you need to say when this sickness comes, it's not going to touch me because I am healed in Jesus' name. Amen. It is a whole new dimension, but it starts with the mind. Remember. You need to prosper your mind with the word of God. Yeah. You prosper your mind with the word of God, not what you hear from TV, not what you hear from people, not what you read in the newspaper, not what is being sent in, in the social media. Prosper your mind with the word of God. When you prosper your mind with the word of God, guess what? Healing becomes your home ground. And when, you are, when healing becomes your home ground, even sickness cannot come. Amen. Amen. So we need to be staying in that place. And so, what are we saying? What we're saying is Jesus Christ, whatever pain you are suffering, whatever troubles you're going through, if you pass it through the cross, hallelujah, everything will stay behind and you'll be rejoicing in the name of Jesus. Because God cares for you. God cares for me. He knows what we are going through. He understands the pain that we are suffering. And, and, and it's an interesting story, interesting uh, scripture here in uh, Hebrews chapter 4, verse, uh, verses 15 and 16. Uh, I'm sure we, we know this, and, but I, I, I just want to show you something. Because, you see, I'm helping us to prosper in our minds right now. So that when we begin to pray for one another, you receive your healing. Amen. Those who are not already healed. But you don't have to wait for prayer. You just receive your healing, even as we speak right now. He says that, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. This is a high priest with a difference. So when he's offering sacrifice, he's not offering sacrifice first for himself and then for others. Because these were the high priests that we see in the, in the old covenant. Because they were sinners. So all they'll do now is they'll go before God with the sacrifice 
And they will start fixing their problems first before they start thinking about you. So it depends now on whether they are convinced that their problems are fixed, that they can focus on you. If they think, ah, my week was so terrible, they will probably spend the whole time fixing their problems only, and you are thinking they are fixing their problems. <laughs> and you're wondering things are not happening. What's going on? But we have a high priest. When he's going there, he has got you in mind. Amen. Why? Because him, he is clean. He is without sin. He is accepted by God. Yeah. And he is able to sympathize with our weaknesses. I'm sure you'd love that kind of person. Yes. You'd love to talk to this person who knows exactly what you are feeling. Who knows exactly what you've gone through. And who understands. And when they speak to you now, they will know what you're going through. And so they will not be just saying, ah, don't worry about that. I'm sure you've come across such people. You have got an issue and you're trying to explain to them. And then they just rubbish it. He says, ah, man, go and pray. Yes, we go and pray, but look, I've got an issue here. Say, so, oh, you're not praying enough. Did you go to church last week? That's why. You see, they just rubbish you, but not with Jesus, because he sympathizes with our weaknesses. He knows what we have gone through. And I really like, you see, because here we say that the word of God is absolute. It is accurate and it is credible. So when we say it is accurate, it is saying he was, he will sympathize with us in all points. In all points, not in some points. Because some of you, you think that, you know, Jesus is there just to make sure you avoid hell. But, you know, you have to fix your problem yourself. You know, when it comes to finances, after all, you started it all. So you need to finish it. You know, you reap what you sow. Hallelujah. <laughs> but those who were here last week, you, you understand. You also reap what you did not sow. In Jesus' name. Amen. So what are we saying? What we are saying is Jesus qualifies us to approach God with boldness. Because verse 16 says, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help us in need. Are you in need right now? What you need to come out of that need is mercy and grace. Hallelujah. You don't need to fight harder. You don't need to pray harder. What you need is to obtain mercy and find grace. And that will help you to come out of the situation. Yeah. Even if you stay in that situation, you'll start rejoicing in that situation. Because you know that it is well. It is well. And because of that now, you can rejoice, you can glorify God, you can worship God, you can serve God. Because what you are going through is no longer becoming an issue. Because it's settled. It is settled. You know, I was just thinking that, uh, just imagine if you, if you have got a court case and you hire a lawyer. And uh, they say, look, the, the lawyer is just going to represent you. If you don't trust this lawyer, you might be outside the courtroom and he's inside, he or she's inside. If you don't trust that lawyer, you'll be sitting at the steps there, just by the door. <laughs> Why? Because you're not sure whether this person is representing you well. But when you have confidence in this lawyer, guess what? 
You go to sleep. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. You just tell me, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Yeah. Because I know it is taken care of. Yeah. And that's the same with Jesus. Hallelujah. That's why when you're in Christ Jesus, you can go to sleep. Mm. You can go to sleep. Why? Because he is the high priest who sympathizes with our weaknesses in all points. So this Jesus is not like anybody else. He is a Jesus with a kind because he is God. He knows your inside out. He knows my inside out. That's why with this God, we can open up ourselves to him. Because whilst we were sinners, he died for us. His love came before we even knew that there was a Jesus. Yeah. So there's nothing that is going to surprise him. There's nothing that is going to say, ah, I made a mistake. Oh, this guy. I shouldn't have loved him. No. He still loves you anyway. That's why we can just fall into the arms of God. We can throw ourselves into the hands of God because he is a loving God. And so he's now saying, look, don't just cry yourself to sleep. Guess what? Approach the throne of grace with boldness. You see, because religion will tell you that you are not clean enough. You are not clean enough to come to God. Yeah. You need to do this, this, this. When you are that, maybe God will hear you. Yeah. I'm sure you have, you've come across these people. Yeah. Say, ah, you haven't given your tithe. God is not going to hear you this month. Yeah. <laughs> but what makes you approach the throne of grace? Because of the high priest who is representing you. Because of Jesus, we approach God in the name of Jesus and not in our name. If you look to your behavior and you look to your attitude and you look to what you can, what you have done and all this, you are approaching God in your name. And if you approach God in your name, I tell you, you get nothing. This is so important because it should, rat, it should change our prayer life. And this is how it goes. I'm, I'm just laboring this point, but uh, it's, so, it's so important, you know. Listen, to, if, if you listen to how you pray, if you listen to yourself pray, pray, I challenge you, when you go home, whenever you're praying, just listen to yourself, and you begin to think, what am I saying? <laughs> I'll tell you that maybe 50% of the time, you're just telling God that you're a sinner, and you're unworthy. And you don't deserve to be talking to him. But the Bible is saying, approach him with boldness. Yeah. Even when you have just coming out of sin, you can still approach God with boldness. Why? Because you are not approaching God on the basis of your behavior. You are approaching God on the basis of what Jesus did for you. Does this mean we should sin? No. Because the door is open, but sin will make you feel like, I don't deserve it. But it's not God. Are we together? It's not God who is slowing you down. It is your behavior that is slowing you down. But you can still approach God. You see, did you know that it is because of Jesus that we are able to approach God? It's because your sins were forgiven, you are accepted by God, that we can talk to God. If, if that had not been solved, we couldn't. Yeah. We couldn't in the first place in Jesus' name. So what do we say? Jesus made God's grace available to everybody. This grace is not only for people who come to church. Did you know that? And I know people who come to church don't like that. <laughs> 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 
begin to say, ah, so are you telling me all these years I've been going to church, I'm just the same as this one. <laughs> we has come today. Yes and no. But yes. <laughs> because we are getting because of Jesus, yeah. not because of our behavior. Our behavior is good because remember you reap what you sow. Hallelujah. But we also reap what you did not sow. And so when we come in the name of Jesus, we will receive. Because God responds to what Jesus has done for us. Now, somebody might say, I'll need to ask you, how was Jesus tempted in all points for us? <coughs> Have you thought about it? Because if Jesus was tempted in all points, and Jesus was not a woman, how could Jesus have been tempted with the temptations that women struggle with? Jesus could not have been tempted with abortion because he's a man. Have you thought about it? You see, here, this will help us now to renew our minds so that when we're putting our trust in Jesus, it's not just religious. We know exactly that this is the man. So how was Jesus tempted in all points? Because until you solve this problem, even at the back of your mind, you may think that ah, Jesus is not good enough. There might be an option. There might be this. You know, there was no internet. How could Jesus have been tempted to spending a lot of time on the internet? There was no internet. Or Facebook. There was no Facebook. Hallelujah. So how was he? Everything is in the word of God. Because there's only one sin. Did you know that? There's only one sin. There are not many sins. You are not struggling with many sins as we are. We are struggling with only one sin. And that one sin is doubting God's word about you. That's the sin. You end up doing the other things because you think God does not love you. You all end up looking for other solutions because God, you think you believe God does not care. You are doubting his word. If you peel off every sin, every sin, you go down to the bottom, you find that it's a person who does not believe what God says about him. Telling a lie. You don't believe God because you think God cannot protect you, so you have to protect yourself. <laughs> You're doubting God. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's not about the lie that is an issue. It is about, do you believe what God says about you? If you believe what God says about you, you will not sin. Hallelujah. Because you will not worry about what people say. You will not worry about what people do. You will not worry about what people think. You will not even worry about what the devil tries to do. Because you know that God loves you so well that he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. In Jesus' name. Amen. And this is the scripture that will help you. John chapter 16 verses 8 and 9. In fact, there's a lot of revelation here. I'm, I'm not going to try and explain everything. Jesus was talking to his disciples, remember. This was the night before he was crucified. And he was saying, it is good that I go and be with the Father. 
Because if I don't go, the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, will not come. But it is good because when he has come, he will convict the world of sin, not sins. No, he will convict of sin, not sins. And of righteousness and of judgment. And then he had to explain because otherwise we'll just run away with this thing. Then he now began to explain what he's saying. And he's saying of sin because they did not believe in me. Because if he had left it there, I mean, somebody would just say, hey, you are a sinner, you are doing this, you are doing that. That's not how the Holy Spirit is doing that. He will simply say, why are you doing this? Don't, don't, don't you believe in Jesus? Don't you believe what Jesus did for you was enough? You don't have to lie. Hallelujah. You don't have to continue in sin. You don't have to continue in sickness. Because God, Jesus did it all for you. But if you believe in Jesus now, then you've taken care of some problem. And then he goes on to say, of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. You are not... Remember, he is not convicting you of unrighteousness. But that's religion. Because religion says you are unrighteous. But Holy Spirit says you are righteous. Amen. You don't have to do this because you are righteous. Yeah. Not, not you are doing this because you are unrighteous. No. He's saying because you are righteous. So he's always reminding you, you are righteous. You are righteous. You are accepted of God. You are the beloved of God. You are close to God. He loves you. Yes, he's kissing you all over the place. He is not telling you what you are doing wrong. He is telling you how right you are. Yes. People may abuse you, but God is saying, you're right. People may reject you, but he says, I love you. It now means, even when you go for a job interview and they reject you, no, you don't cave into your, into your ball. And, no. They've missed an opportunity. Yeah. I was going to bless that company. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then, of judgment, because the ruler of this world is defeated, don't worry about Satan. He is judged. He is judged. That's the point. Don't, don't even freak out about the devil. He is judged. He's reminding us. But anyway, we're just focusing on this. There's only one sin. Unbelief. Unbelief. Every time you do something wrong, it's simply because you are doubting God. You are doubting God. And that is why, when, that is why Jesus went to the wilderness. Because remember now, he now had to go and be tempted in every point. So that when he has passed the temptation now, he can be a high priest for you. He can be a high priest for me. And because he's now our high priest, we can run to him and we are safe. When we are in pain, we can run to him. When we are broke, we can run to him. When we are in trouble, we can run to him, knowing fully well that he understands how, what, we are, what is going on in our lives. He feels for us in Jesus' name. And that's why we have Matthew chapter 4. This is one of our key scriptures. We're talking about abundance of grace in the wilderness. And you won't believe me that this is uh, session number five, but we are still on verse one. 
then Jesus was led up to this by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights afterwards, he was hungry. And now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. And he answered and said, It is written, Men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Remember, there's only one sin. So the temptation was not to turn stones into bread. Because there's, there's no way in the Bible which says it's a sin to turn stones into bread. <laughs> Have you come across that one? Mm -hmm. It's not a sin to turn stones into bread. That was, that was just the way in which the devil wanted to catch Jesus. Because the temptation is, if you are the son of God. Three or four scriptures before, God had declared to Jesus, after being baptized by John, that this is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. After God had declared to Jesus what it was, then the Satan comes and say, if you are the son of God, in other words, don't believe, do you believe what, what God has said about you? Do you believe that you are a son of God? Do you believe that God loves you? And many of us, we are wrestling with this thing. Every morning you wake up, does God love me? Does God really care for me? If he did, why has this happened in my life? No. This, the, the, the devil doesn't want you to believe the word of God. Because if you believe the word of God about yourself, there's going to be a harvest that is coming. And when this harvest is coming, the devil, it'll be too much for the devil. So he is trying to kill you before you even start. But when you know his tricks, you are able to arise in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I just want to mention here, uh, we are going to cover this again sometime, that Jesus was led up by the Spirit in the world. Why, why did the Holy Spirit lead Jesus to be tempted? And I know religion again, it tells you, oh, Jesus was led into the wilderness to be tempted, so God has allowed this temptation to come into your life. <coughs> And you know, Jesus fasted 40 days and 40 nights, so you need to go into a 40 day fast. Maybe some of you are already, you are already 40 day fast as we speak right now. But this is not the scripture to use. Because if Jesus had not fasted, he was not going to be tempted because you're not going to be hungry. So if you are fasting on this scripture now, you are inviting temptations. Hey. Shall we say? <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Jesus was not going to the wilderness to be trained to fast. No. Jesus did not go to the wilderness to be checked out so that he can improve in his character. No. Jesus was not in a classroom. Are we together? Jesus was about to start his assignment because he had come to solve the sin problem and bring healing and restoration to our lives. Amen. And so Jesus had to start where the first Adam failed. Because Adam was given a garden, right? And then when he sinned, the ground was cursed. So the garden became a wilderness. So Jesus came to fix Adam's problem. So where was he going to start? Where Adam left it. So where did Adam leave it? He left it in the wilderness. That's why Jesus had to go to the wilderness to start his ministry. Hallelujah. Are we together? Yes. And the Holy Spirit had to lead him because the Holy Spirit was there 
when the first Adam sinned. So the Holy Spirit has got to be here and show, and show this new guy and say, oh, you have come to finish this assignment. I'll show you where the last guy was. The last employee was here and he left the job done. He did this bit, but he left that one undone. Yeah. So if you have come to take off this, this, this assignment, you need to start from here. Amen. That's why the Holy Spirit led Jesus to the wilderness. You don't have to accept what is going into your life as Holy Spirit leading you into your wilderness. The devil is a liar. Jesus went to the wilderness so that we don't go there. And if we happen to go there, we have to come out quickly. Don't camp there. Hallelujah. Don't build your house there because that's not your permanent place. Your permanent place is glory. Your permanent place is the goodness of God. Your permanent place is prosperity. Your permanent place is increase. It is health. It is the life of God in the name of Jesus. So what are we saying? Jesus went to the wilderness. And this is what happened when he went to the wilderness. Jesus was tempted three times. Hey. And the same temptations, it will be, be interesting that they are the same temptations that Adam and Eve experienced in the garden. Why? Because he was now being tempted at every point. Because with Adam and Eve, did you know that the devil simply said, if you eat of this tree, you will be like God. In other words, God is hidden something from you. You are not like God. And, and the devil is succeeding even today. Because many of us here, we don't even know that we are like God. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. We just say, well, I'm cheap. Oh, I'm just the, this poor, miserable guy. Well, I'm just uh, this housewife. Oh, I'm just this, that. I'm just this, that. You are buying in to the lies of the devil. And because of that, you are not able to rise up. But when you know that you are a child of God, when you know that you are like him as he is, so are you in this world. You will be able to rise up. And look at these temptations. Adam and Eve were tempted with the appetites. They saw that the food was good. Eh? The fruit was good. And Jesus was asked to turn stones into bread. Same thing. Adam and Eve, they were tested with the pleasure. The, the last of the eyes, they were good to see. It was good to see, isn't it? And Jesus was told, command angels to catch you. He was told to fall down from the top of the, the temple, yeah. pinnacle, and the angels will carry you. That's pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. And then the pride of life, it will make you wise. Yeah. And the devil was tempting Jesus, saying, you know, I'll give you all these kingdoms. The pride of life. I'll give you all these kingdoms. You see, it's very interesting that the devil will give you names. Did you know that? The devil was trying to give Jesus names. Jesus came as a savior. But Jesus, the devil wanted Jesus now to become a miracle worker. And some of you, you give in because you can perform miracles. You've got a gift of healing. You begin to do all these things and you just focus on that gifting. No. And here, he wanted Jesus to be an entertainer. To turn the whole purposes of God into a circus. Hmm. Because people come, people clap hands and so on and so forth. No. 
I don't preach that people clap hands. Hallelujah. If you happen to clap hands because you're excited, praise God. But I preach because you need the word of God. You need the life of God. You need healing. You need restoration. Because you've got a purpose to accomplish in your life. Amen. And then here, Jesus. Satan wanted to make Jesus a politician. <laughs> I'll give you all these kingdoms if you just worship me. Yeah. But Jesus knew his identity. Yeah. When you know who you are, it doesn't matter what has happened to you. Yeah. Do you know that, I love this example. I've got this gold ring. Yeah. Well, it's not 100% gold. My wife gave me this ring on our wedding day. Yeah. Let's assume that it is 100% gold. And you can agree with me that it becomes 100% gold, then I'll be very rich. Okay. Right? <laughs> now, let's assume this ring is gold. If I am doing some things in the mud and I lose this ring, does this ring lose its value because it's in the mud? No. Why? It's still gold. Yeah. Right. Because the value of this ring is not coming from what is around it. Yeah. The value of the ring comes from where it is coming, not where it is. You are special. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter the circumstances around you. Amen. That don't define you. Yes. What defines you is who you are mm. in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Because suddenly this ring now, something interesting actually happens. Because it is now in the mud. Instead of the, of the, of the ring lo losing its value, the mud appreciates value. It now becomes golden mud. Why? Because there's a golden ring that is there and they don't know where it is. So everybody is now digging, looking for the gold and say, no, even if you take a piece of mud, you say, don't disturb this one. Yeah. <laughs> don't deceive this one why because you are a child of God whatever you go through will appreciate in value you don't depreciate in value yeah. but the devil wants you to believe that you are now nothing yeah. you are now useless you are now good for nothing but the devil is a liar in Amen. Jesus name 1st John chapter 2 15 this is now John is now telling us those three that Adam experienced and those three that Jesus experienced are the same three that we experience as well. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it is of the world. Satan used the same trick in the Garden of Eden, and he succeeded, and he tried the same trick on Jesus, and he failed. And he's still doing the same trick on, on us. But we should learn. Hallelujah. Our victory is in Jesus Christ. Jesus went through what we all go through and he came out victorious. That's why when we say Jesus is my high priest, he is your high priest. When we say Jesus cares for you, he cares for you. When Jesus says he's your healer, he is your healer. Whatever we go through, we need to look to Jesus because he is our victory. Amen. Hallelujah. We thank God. We thank God. We give him praise. We give him praise. I love this. Because now I jump onto the victory of Jesus. 
And when I jump onto the victory of Jesus, guess what happens now? I become victorious. And Jesus declared his mission now. Because after he had defeated the devil in the wilderness, guess what, what, what happens now when he went into, in, in, into the synagogue? He went into the church. Luke chapter 4, verses 17 to 21. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the accepted year of the Lord. That's exactly what you're going through right now. And Jesus, he said, I came to fix this. I am the high priest. I know what you're going through. I know what you are experiencing. People may not understand you, but Jesus understands you. And Jesus, he cares for you. And he says, I'm here for you. Will you throw yourselves into my arms? It's sometimes, you know, the pain can be so, you know, it's like if you, if, you have, if, if you have been hooked in barbed wire or some thorns and so, and some of it is, is still sticking in. Though you go to the clinic, you don't trust the nurses because some may just pull it and, and it's so painful. But Jesus is saying, look, I'm like a good nurse. I know where it is hurting and I know how to minister so that I'll bring healing without causing more pain. Without causing more pain. Then he closed the book and gave it to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. But I like verse 21. And he began to say to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. When is today? Today. No. This is Jesus. When is today? 2,000 years ago, which means this thing was fulfilled 2,000 years ago. That's why we say you already have it. You get me now? You already have it because if it happened 2,000 years ago, you can't doubt that it may not happen. Because it happened. That's why when Peter was, was looking back, he said, no, by his stripes you were healed. Not that you are going to be healed, no. Say, oh, but it's painful. Yes, you were healed. You need to change your mind. Yeah. You need to uh, you allow your mind to agree with this reality. And it will begin to flow. The power of God will begin to flow. The life of God will begin to flow in your life in the name of Jesus. Amen. Just very quickly, I, I mean, it's a message in its own here. But I, I just want us to to reflect a little bit, just think about this. Remember, gospel is good news, eh? Jesus came to preach good news to the poor. What is good news to the poor? What is good news to the poor? Yes. No more poverty. Yes. Because somebody who is poor does not need healing in their leg. No. They need riches. Hallelujah. So Jesus is saying poverty is over. Amen. Simple. Mm. Poverty is over. You begin to say, oh, but pastor, you don't really know where I'm coming from. 
This has been running for generations. We actually, <laughs> and they begin to say, you know, we're actually under a curse. Yeah. Jesus came with good news. Yeah. Your poverty is over. Amen. Do you believe it in your mind? Yes. Or some of you just say, oh, you know, I'm just a student. <laughs> nothing. Say, all I have are assignments. <laughs> the good news. You know, it's amazing that Christians don't like good news. You tell them, you are healed. You say, no, I'm sick. God is teaching me something. You don't want good news. You are rich, you are prosperous. Says, ah, no, Pastor, you don't know what you don't know what is going on in my life. You don't want good news. <laughs> That's the gospel. Yes. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Are you brokenhearted? God will mend that heart. God has meant that heart. All you need is to align your mind and say, I believe I receive. Healing. Captive liberty. Some of you just feel, just say, oh, pastor, you don't really know. I'm, I'm in a cage. And it usually happens with, with, with women. Hey, my husband, you don't know him. <laughs> say, oh, pastor, you see, that's why, you know, sometimes I come to church, sometimes I don't come to church. You know, my husband, Jesus came to set the captives free. Say, oh, yes, I believe it, but hey, my, my husband, you know, my, you know, my boss, oh, he's, Oppressed. We talked about this, eh? Because remember, they will gang up against you. Fear, terror, oppression. But no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you condemn. In Jesus' name. So what are we saying? Here are some life-changing truths as we, as we draw to a conclusion and we pray. Number one. God is not making anybody sick today. Your sickness, your pain is not coming from God. I'll just give you one reason. There are many. In Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 it says, Who, that being the bright, that's Jesus, who being the brightness of God's glory and the express image of his person. In other words, Jesus is the express image of God. Right. If Jesus is the express image of God, then Jesus was doing what God does. And Jesus was not doing what God does not do. Now, did Jesus make anybody sick? So Jesus does not make anybody sick. Did Jesus kill anybody? God is not killing anybody. It's that simple. I rest my case. It's that simple. Because if you believe that your pain is coming from God, then who is going to deliver you from God? Have you thought about it? Who is going to deliver you from God? That's why we have believer Christians now. They love God, but they are half-hearted. Why? Because they think that some of the pain in their life is coming from this guy. So I can't trust him so much. I can't give him all my money. I can't give him all my life. I can't give him all my family because he has hurt me before. It is that wrong teaching. It's that wrong doctrine that is keeping you in pain in Jesus' name. It's also important. You need to know the source of your problems in, the problems in your life. It's not God. 
John 10, 10 tells us, the thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I, Jesus, have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Who comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy? The thief. Not God. The thief may steal from you. And he thinks he has won, but he has lost. Because Jesus came that we may have life and have it in abundance. You know, he is stealing from you and he's putting it here thinking that, you know, after some time he's going to enjoy and feast on this. He doesn't know that behind there Jesus is busy taking away everything he's stolen. Mm -hmm. And giving you life and giving yeah. you abundance yeah. in the name of Jesus. So we need to get it in our minds that it is the thief. It is Satan who comes to steal to kill and to destroy. If you have stolen, if something has been stolen in your life, it was not God. If something has been destroyed in your life, it's not God. If something has been killed in your life, it's not God. It is the thief. Yes. But Jesus came to fix it. Hallelujah. And today is your day Amen. in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. What are we saying? God wants you well. God wants you well. Don't come with all these excuses. No, all these stories may say, oh, but you know, pastor. Oh, but yes. Remember, it's not the pastor who is healing you. Mm. Amen. Amen. Are we together? Let's, let's get this one straight. Yeah. It's not me who is healing you. Yeah. The high priest, he understands mm. what you go through. Amen. He's using me, yeah. but it's not me who is healing you. Yeah. In that sense. Amen. Amen. Matthew 12, 15 but Jesus knew it. In fact, we read it in Luke, the same story we read in Luke, when Jesus healed that, that guy on the Sabbath day. And then they were now trying to see how they can destroy Jesus. And when Jesus knew it, he withdrew from there. And great multitudes followed him and he healed them. How many? How many did he heal? These were great multitudes. And he healed them all. Oh yes, but pastor, why is it some people are not healed? We'll talk about that next time, maybe in the next, next healing session next month. Why are some people healed? Why are some people not healed? We'll talk about it. But the principal reason is, if you believe that your problem is coming from God, then you cannot get healing from God. Because you've blocked the healing path that comes from God. What are we saying? Power in the name of Jesus. Peter and James, when they healed the crippled, and they were now explaining to the people, because the people thought it was their goodness, it was their holiness, it was their, you know, that, that it healed them. He said, no, it is in his name, through faith in his name, he has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him is given him this perfect soundness in the presence of all. It is the name of Jesus. What are we saying? You don't need an appointment. This is another important thing. Someone say, oh, I'm waiting for God to heal me. No, you don't need an appointment. Matthew 9, 20 to 22, the woman with the issue of blood. And suddenly a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years came from behind and touched the hem of his garment. And sh for she said in herself, if only I may touch his garment, I shall be made well. But Jesus turned around and when he saw, he said, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that hour. No more bleeding in your life. Mm. 
No more bleeding in your life. Amen. This woman came from behind. She didn't make an appointment with Jesus. She didn't follow the protocol. No, because she was all disadvantaged. But there's something that made her come to Jesus. She was speaking to herself. What are you saying to yourself concerning your situation right now? What are you saying? Because what you are saying will determine whether you put pressure. Because she touched the hem, it's almost like the bottom lining of his garment. So she had to push through the people that were around her. But remember, she was sick and very weak. But she had the energy, she had the persistence to keep going because she was determined, if only I touch the hem of his garment, I will be well. Amen. What are you saying to yourself? In your heart. Yes, you are telling people another story. But what are you saying to your heart? What are you saying in your heart? Yes, the people know you as somebody who is so happy. We're so, but what are you saying in your heart? Because what you are saying in your heart will determine the life and the power that you can tap out of Jesus. Yeah. But I can agree with you today. No more barrenness. No more bleeding. No more bleeding in your life yeah. in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We're going to pray. Yes. You might be bleeding. It doesn't have to be physical bleeding. Yeah. No. It could be emotional bleeding. It could be spiritual bleeding. It could be even academic bleeding for students. You are just in there, but you just feel like, I don't know, I'm just in because, you know, my parents paid the fees. And I have to keep going. I have to keep going. But really, your heart is not there. You might be bleeding relationally. You are in a relationship and you are bleeding. But God is saying, no more bleeding. I have come to heal you. I know what you're going through. I understand. But as you put your trust in Jesus, you're going to receive healing. And some of you may say, oh, well, I'm not a Christian. I like this, but I'm not a Christian. It doesn't matter. Did you know that Jesus died for the ungodly? Jesus did not die for Christians. People became Christians because Jesus died for us. Hallelujah. So you're not excluded. You are included in this healing. Because he died for the sins of the whole world, not just for those who come to church. But if you stretch out and say, I love this, you can receive it in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you this afternoon. We thank you, Lord, for the healing that is in the house, the healing anointing. I don't minimize the pain that some of us are going through in our relationships, in our personal lives, in our businesses, in our studies, in our families. The little things that are giving us sleepless night. But I thank you, Father, that in Jesus Christ, you gave us the one-stop shop solution. Because Jesus was tempted in every point, and yet without sin. And as our high priest, he has qualified us to receive even the same victory that he experienced at the cross of at, at, in the wilderness and i pray and minister this healing and minister this victory to your church today in the name of jesus 
And as I pray with them, I thank you, Father, that they're just coming to confirm. Yes, they're just coming to confirm and release and receive the goodness of God, the healing of God, the, 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 the soothing of the oil of the Holy Spirit where it is hurting most. I thank you, Father, that, Lord, sometimes we are hurt by people and we, 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 we hold unforgiveness. But I thank you, Lord, that by your grace, you are giving us the ability to forgive, the ability to release, the ability to let go. In the name of Jesus, the people that have hurt us, the people that have abused us, the people that have taken advantage of us, the people that have let us down when we had high expectation in them. I thank you, Father, that healing is happening right now. Restoration is happening right now in the name of Jesus. There are fears that some, some of us are going through right now. It could be fear at work. Be fear at school. It be fear of life or fear of, of nothing. Just fear because the devil capitalizes on fear. But I thank you, my God, that you did not give us the spirit of fear, but the spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. And I thank you, Lord, that even right now, our minds are being renewed. Soundness is coming back. Soundness is coming back. Reason is coming back. Common understanding is coming back. Yes, we are moving away from those wicked imaginations. We are moving away from those thoughts that have been isolating us because of your healing love. We thank you, Father. We praise you, Lord. We give you praise in the name of Jesus. Just want to take some time to pray as, as we have um, a song. If you need prayer and you just want to come and agree with me and say, Pastor, I agree that today, no more bleeding in my life. Whatever area in my life, no more bleeding because I've got a high priest. Amen. I've got a high priest. And I can approach the throne of grace with boldness. Every time when I'm in need, I just come and say, Jesus, thank you. Yes. You did it for me. I receive the grace. I receive the grace that I need in every situation. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, my God.